Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode number 43 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Christy Lee, and welcome to 2021. How exciting! Love the start of a new year, always full of fresh ideas and fresh inspiration, and in the world that I work in, often a little bit of change as well. So it's always a busy and exciting um, and vibrant time of year. So happy new year to you, and I hope. I hope it's a fabulous year for you. I hope both personally and in business you have an amazing year and that you've got lots and lots to look forward to. And I hope you've enjoyed some time off and uh, some time with those closest to you over this period as well. So thanks for joining me here on the podcast and welcome, as I said, to 2021. I'm so excited to continue to bring this podcast to you in the new year. Weekly episodes dropping every single Wednesday for you on everything to do with your people in your business. So let's get straight into it. Today is part five of our six-part series, Unleash the Power of Your People. If you missed the rest of the series or if you're new to the podcast, and if that's you, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. But if you've missed the other parts of the series in the chaos and craziness that was the lead up to Christmas, here is what we had already covered. In week one, we introduced the series and gave you some insight into what we're going to be talking about. This is short, practical, easy to implement ideas to help you unleash the power of your team, to help you stop doing all the things and get your team working in the right direction for you. In part two, we chatted about getting the team together and specifically we spoke about the importance of great team meetings and discussed how to create and maintain, most important, consistency is king, practical, useful and valuable team meetings that set your team up for success each and every week. If you are not conducting weekly team meetings, make it your number one priority for 2021. And head back and listen to that episode if you've missed it, because we gave you a great process and strategy and some ideas on how to make sure your team meetings are actually useful, because it's kind of important. (laughs) Then in part three, we looked at getting things done without you having to do them. And we spoke about the art of mastering delegation and making your delegation effective so that things didn't boomerang back onto your desk because no one loves that, do they? And I hope that after listening to that episode, or if you haven't already, it's again on your list for 2021, pick one task and one person and get one thing off your plate. What a great way to start the year. And last week in part four, we looked at amping up your engagement. I've spoken here on the podcast a lot about the importance of employee engagement and how a highly engaged team can create not only higher productivity, which is great and important, but higher profitability. A highly engaged team will increase your bottom line results. So engagement is important. And we looked at strategies that you can put in place to improve your engagement, to really amp up the engagement within your team. And if you've got disengaged employees, you really want to focus on that because they can really drag 
the rest of the team down. And we're bringing you this series for some simple reasons. I truly, truly believe that you cannot build a successful and sustainable business that delivers you the success that you desire, whatever that looks like, and also the freedom that you seek because you didn't get into business to work 80 hours a week and to spend your time managing teams, I'm fairly certain. You can't achieve that without people. And specifically, you can't achieve it about without the right people in the right roles at the right time, and then knowing what to do with them from there. So this series is all about that. Once you've got your team, it's about how to unleash the power of those people to give you the business success that you truly desire. This series is about making sure that you are no longer doing all of the things. It's about making sure that you're not spending your days managing people and your nights trying to figure out how to get the other work done. This is about ensuring that you are doing the things that you got into business to do and that you're building a team of really effective people that are going to continue to deliver you business success. So today, as I said, is part five of our series, our second last part of this particular series. And today we are going to talk about keeping the dream team together. (laughs) So once you've created that team, you want to keep them, right? Today, we're talking about retention, and we're going to really reimagine the retention strategies you have in place in your business. And here's why that's important. The simplest way to stop your employees from leaving is to develop a plan to make them stay. So instead of worrying about losing staff, put a plan in place that's going to make them want to stay. It's the simplest way to deal with that. So after you've done all the steps to creating an amazing team, you obviously want to ensure that the fabulous people that are paralleling the business with you stay with you. And great staff retention strategies, and I think this is really important for small to medium-sized businesses especially, it's not all about money. And in fact, the number one reason people leave organizations has absolutely nothing to do with financial motivation. They leave leaders or a lack of leadership. So your retention strategies really do need to be multi-dimensional, just like your people are. So today's episode is going to encourage you to take one step of action towards introducing or refining a retention strategy in your business. So what are some retention strategies that we can look at in order to help you do that? Now, these are some various strategies I'm going, to, I'm going to share with you, but there are loads. There are certainly more than this. I'm just giving you a snapshot of some different ideas, and I'm really going to try and provide you with ideas that are not all around throwing money at people, because whilst it's important to pay people properly and pay people well for the job that they're doing, if all you're doing is throwing money at people to get them to stay, they are not really engaged, and we spoke last week about the importance of that. So let's look at some other retention strategies, other things we can put in place to make people not want to leave us. The first one is this, make sure you have the right people in the right roles. So conducting a review of your roles in your business, particularly around change or growth or when there's been new technology, I really love to encourage you to review your roles and your structure annually. And so this is a perfect time of the year to be doing that because sometimes what we find is that we've kept roles in place, but the business has changed. The technology might have changed. The types of products and services we deliver has changed. So someone is sitting in a role that 
isn't really what it used to be and that can be disheartening for them. They're going home at the end of the day unsure they've achieved success because the roles change so much they've lost sight of the goalpost. So doing this review just catches those little things that you might have otherwise missed because you love the person in the role and you just didn't think that things had changed significantly, but maybe they have. So do a review at least annually of the roles and make sure that you've got the right people in the right places. And it might be about tweaking responsibilities or moving someone into a different role or changing the roles altogether. And that is okay because that gives you renewed sense of energy and enthusiasm for the role and gives them a new sense of purpose, which is so, so important. There's an exercise that I discuss called the clean slate exercise, and we've done an entire episode on that actually, so I'll link that up in the show notes for you. Um, And I walk you through the process of recreating your org chart with a clean slate and a clear mind. And this exercise is not difficult, but it really helps you identify where you've got gaps, so where things are falling through the cracks, but also surplus, where you've got employees that are no longer meaningfully engaged in a full capacity and what you can do around that, which might be retraining or restructuring to really re-engage that person. So a great retention strategy is to review your roles, review your structure, and make sure you have the right people in the right roles and rejig where necessary. It sounds simple and it sounds like something that really has no impact on engagement because it's not about giving someone anything. But having a role with purpose is so valuable to employees and that is a retention strategy in unto itself. The next strategy is to ensure you've got values alignment. I've said it here on the podcast before. You can hire the most technically brilliant person for the role But if their values are not aligned, they are not a good long-term fit for your business and they will result in turnover. So a retention strategy is to ensure from the outset that you have a values alignment. This is important when you're hiring, but also when you're making changes in roles or you're promoting people internally within your business. Be on the lookout to make sure you've got, a. obviously you need to make sure you've got a clear idea of your values first and foremost, those that you really hold true for your business, but ensure that the employee's values align to these. Now, things change in business, don't we know it, in the last year particularly. So if there is a shift and there's a, you know, possibly the employee has an entire shift in their values. It's possible. I mean, values are intrinsic, but they can change as we move through different seasons in life as well. And it might be that there's no longer an alignment there. So you need to figure out ways to either bring that back into alignment or make changes necessary by restructuring. So ensuring there is a values alignment throughout the entire journey when the employee is with you is a really great retention strategy because if their values are aligned, they are much more likely to stay with you. Of course, as I spoke about earlier, we don't want to throw money at every problem or every time we need to retain someone. However, you do need to pay appropriate market rates. Underpaying employees leaves them feeling undervalued and they are very unlikely to stay with you long term. I don't care how great your team is. If they if they feel undervalued because you are paying below market rates, you cannot retain great staff. So keep an eye on the market values. Make sure you're reviewing. Now, I'm not a huge fan of the annual performance review and an annual salary review being intrinsically tied together. I think they're two very separate things. 
but a lot of businesses do approach it that way. But do keep an eye on market values and make sure that you're keeping up with those. And if your employee takes on more as their role grows, reward them financially for that. Make sure that you don't forget to review the salary when you make changes to the role. And in fact, when I deal with businesses, one of the things that I that employees often tell me uh, when they're feeling frustrated or they're just not engaged in their role is that they haven't had a review in pay in three, four, five years. Now, life changes for them in those three, four, five years. And whilst there may not have been core changes to their role, there will have undoubtedly been changes in the marketplace. So you do need to keep an eye on those and make sure that you are continuing to pay market rates and that you haven't fallen behind with those. I've got a question for you next. How is your onboarding process? Onboarding is your number one starting point to great retention. You don't get a second chance to make a great first impression and onboarding and orientating someone effectively is critical to getting them engaged and having them feel like part of the team very quickly. And of course, we know that people that feel like part of the team want to stay part of the team. So if you don't currently have an onboarding or orientation process in place, this would probably be my number one suggestion for you in terms of a retention strategy, because it is crucial to getting someone really embedded into your team very, very quickly. Of course, we know that people love opportunity. People want to know what's expected of them, how they're performing against that expectation, and what is next. What does the future hold for them? So you may want to consider opportunities as part of a retention strategy. Now, for all of you, progression opportunities, i.e. moving up the ladder or moving into a more senior role, may not be possible in your business. You may simply not have the structure that really allows for that. But don't think that that doesn't mean you still can't create opportunities. There are different forms of opportunities and they're all equally rewarding and they're all equally important as part of a retention strategy. So progression might not be one of them, but can you provide an opportunity for change, perhaps for the employee to do something different or to um, try something new in their role or to work in a different team or a different department or with some different people for a period of time? Can you provide opportunity for challenge to extend their learning for them to take on a task that is a little bit beyond where they're currently sitting and and try that and challenge themselves. Challenge is something that is, we discussed it in the engagement um, part of this series, it is truly important to people feeling like they have a contribution to make and that in itself is a retention strategy. Outside of that as well, another great way to retain excellent people in your business is to encourage and really support professional development. So this might mean assisting them in identifying training and uh, development opportunities. It might mean supporting their participation in this. And that doesn't mean financially paying for it necessarily, although if it's relevant for your business, that might be worthwhile you looking at. This might mean just encouraging and supporting and listening. I recall back when I had my consultancy business, um, so probably about 10 years ago, I had a team member who was with me really from quite early on in my business. She was an a crucial part of my team and one of the people that my clients loved the most. She really got along well with everyone. Um, But, you know, this is an industry where there is some ebbs and flows and people come and go. Now, she was a great part of my team, but she had a desire 
to do something else. In fact, she had a desire to become a primary school teacher. And I did try and convince her she was crazy because I could not, I would be terrible at that job. And it's certainly not something I was keen on um, coming from the world we live in. However, she genuinely had this desire and I supported her in doing that. And when I say supported her, I firstly encouraged her to do the process in order to get into the course in uni and, and enroll in, in the degree. And I was there in terms of listening to how that was going and supporting that decision and encouraging her to move forward because that was a true dream of hers. I was also supportive in being able to reorganize the work um, to meet her uni schedule. So, some, you know, changing days uh, in different semesters so she could be in attendance on site at uni for the classes that were important to her. I supported her in making sure she had time off when she needed it for exams um, or if she had a really heavy workload that she could take time off to do that taking Tom off to do the practical components of the course and supporting her and having a genuine interest in how she was going. Um, you know, every semester I was asking her how the results were and, and, and she was smashing it and she was absolutely loving the course. Now, I knew, of course, that her completing this course means she was going to leave my business. But by supporting her in her participation in that course and really encouraging her and having a vested interest in seeing her succeed meant that I retained her for the entire time she was doing that course. Now, have she, if she'd been with an employer that was not only not supportive and not encouraging, but actively making it difficult for her, she would have left. She would have gone and found other work to do while she was completing this course because that was her priority. So by being supportive... And by encouraging and supporting that professional development, even though it meant she was going to change careers at the end of it, meant that I retained her throughout the period of her completing that qualification. And if any of you have done a qualification whilst also working, you know that it takes some years. So I managed to keep her in my business for years while she was doing that course on a pathway to a new career, purely by being supportive. And I know that she honestly really appreciated that throughout that process. So even doing that can make sure you're retaining people for a period beyond what they might ordinarily stay with you because people aren't with you forever. That is the reality. Now, we do need to talk about incentivizing people. And as I said, I do not believe in just throwing cash at every situation, but it is important to reward people when they do an amazing job, when they go above and beyond. And a great way to do this is to incentivize them individually, because not everyone is motivated by the same things. So if you're going to incentivize staff, if you're going to reward them, then to really get the benefit for you as the business in doing that, incentivizing them individually can be a great way to do this. So you firstly need to understand what motivates them in order to do that. But if you've got someone that is motivated towards spending more time with their family, that's a key value for them as an example, then an incentive for them might be to get a project done by a certain time in order to be able to take some extra time off. It might be that if you can get this work done before the end of the day, you can knock off early and go and spend time with your family. Or it might be incentivizing them to say, if this project gets completed on time and on budget, you can take two days off to take the family away without it coming out of your annual leave. That's one example of how you can incentivize individually. Other people are motivated by other things. Some are motivated by recognition. So 
If you, you know, if they get a project done, you might be recognizing them among their peers, among the team, or recognizing them with your clients, maybe uh, giving them some kudos in a newsletter that you're sending out to your clients or some other way, because that is important to them, that recognition publicly that they've done the right thing. So it really might also be about not only understanding their motives, but about understanding what lights them up and what makes them feel seen and recognized. And everyone is different in that way. Along with this, you also want to incentivize teamwork. If you want a group of people to work together, then reward them for doing that well. So that might mean, you know, Getting that project done means you're all going out on a team lunch together. It might mean gift cards or something as simple as that. So it can be all sorts of rewards that you might want to use. But if you're looking at things both individually from a motivation perspective and team to to foster and encourage teamwork and team cohesiveness, there are some great ways to think about that. Now, when you're creating these incentives and rewards, also think about the individual employees and what they are actually into. So yes, you could of course decide that you want to reward your staff for going above and beyond or getting something done under budget or ahead of time. And you might put a value on that, that it's worthwhile for your business. And you could just give them the cash or you would give them a generic gift card. Or let's look at an alternative. What about if you gave them a gift card to their favorite store? And this is about really knowing your people. So let's say you've got a team of five and you want to reward them and you've decided you want to give them all a $100 gift card. You could just give them $100 cash each and that appreciated and and it would all be well. Or you could give them a gift card to their favorite store. So you might have someone you know loves going to day spas. Get them a day spa voucher. Someone else loves the outdoors. Get them a voucher to uh, Anaconda or one of those outdoorsy kind of stores. Someone else you know um, loves a particular retail store. You could get them a gift voucher for that. Someone loves going out to dinner, you know, that they're a real foodie. Create a voucher for that experience. You are then really personalizing the reward that you're giving them. And guess what? They feel seen and heard because they know that you know them enough to know how great that gift is for them. But when they go and use that gift, they're again thinking positively about their experience with you as the leader. They're really, again, in their mind solidifying, oh, what a great boss I have because they knew how much I loved a day spa experience and I can't wait to go and get this massage. So it actually pays it forward and keeps the reward relevant and in their mind a whole lot longer into the future. So getting really individual, even if you're awarding a team, can be a great way to do that as well. You Look, I really love also leveraging the element of surprise when you want to reward staff in a retention strategy. If people expect a reward, then it's not as exciting and they don't put as much value on it. Where you surprise them and they're not expecting to get the thank you and whether it's a reward or a public recognition or whatever it is, the element of surprise has a huge amount of value to it. And I would really encourage you to use that within your retention strategy mix. Depending on the size of your team, you may also want to look at creating a peer recognition type program. Now, this could be a teammate of the month, a teammate of the quarter, 
a superstar employee. It could be all number of things. And it really depends on the size of your team as to how well this works. If you've got a very small team, that's not going to work on a monthly basis because the same person might be getting it over and over or everyone just feels an obligation to share it around. But a teammate of the year or of the quarter could really work for you in in your particular business. Or if you've got more people, if you've got 20, 30, 50 plus staff, then teammate of the month could really actually work. And having some other peer recognition around a peer recognition program where you're getting people to submit anonymously or, you know, if they want to identify, they certainly can, positive feedback about one of their peers for the month and read those out in your team meeting at the beginning of the next month. It makes people feel really valued and people love getting recognized from their teammates. It actually lifts them up in a different way to getting recognition from their boss because the teammates have no obligation to do that. So it is uh, something that they truly, truly value. And you can, as I said, you don't have to spend any money on that. It's a peer recognition program and can have tremendous value in retaining people within your business. And lastly, don't underestimate the value and the impact of a simple thank you. Just the gratitude of saying thank you. Thank you for doing such an amazing job on that project. Thank you for getting that done on time. That deadline was really important to me. Thank you for making for jumping in and helping out your teammate because they were flat chat and we just couldn't have got it done if we were relying on just them. It doesn't have to be monumental or huge, but the simple act of gratitude for a specific thing has massive, massive impact on an employee wanting to stay with you. People love to feel valued. And that simple kindness of saying thank you when it's warranted is part of that process. Employees often feel like they only hear when something's gone wrong. They never hear when things are going right. The simple thank yous are where you can really fix that issue up. So what's the outcome if we can really reimagine our retention strategies and keep that dream team together? High retention leads to better morale, higher productivity, higher customer satisfaction, which is great, and also saves you time, money, headache and drama when you don't have to refill roles unnecessarily. Now, don't get me wrong. It is the reality that people will leave your business. People do not stay with you forever. And quite frankly, you don't want them staying with you forever. There is a time when it's important for employees to move on, but you do want to retain a great team together as long as it is still remaining a great team and putting in place some of these retention strategies that I've shared today. And as I said, there are loads more. So feel free to go ahead and pick your own, but pick one, pick one for 2021 and get it implemented into your business so that you can keep that dream team together as long as you possibly can. So that is part five of our six part series to unleash the power of your people. And as I've shared in the previous episodes, we have a free resource for you, which you can go and grab. It's an ebook called Unleash the Power of Your People. And it walks you through these strategies in a bit more detail and just gives you a really practical resource to have on hand when you're looking to implement these things into your team. So if you head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com episode number 43, you'll be able to grab your copy of your ebook there. Next week is the final part of our series. And next week, we're looking at the importance of feedback and reviews, giving feedback, receiving feedback, 
and creating great review structures. I am so excited to bring this series to you and I truly hope you've been able to take things from each and every episode to implement into your business. These are designed to be practical, easy to implement, simple to use strategies that you can grab and take and put in place in your business without any fuss at all. And when you do that, think about what that can create for you. You're going to have time. You're going to have space, things moved off your desk and onto someone else's. You'll have more freedom. You'll have a more engaged team who stay with you longer and are driven towards achieving the business success that you desire. This is what you got into business for, to create a successful business that gives you success and freedom, whatever that looks like for you. So I do hope that you're able to take these little tips away and get them implemented into your business. Again, if you'd love to grab that ebook, head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com, click on episode number 43, and you can grab your ebook there. And in the meantime, have a fabulous new week. Happy 2021. And I'll be back next week for the final part of this six-part series. Have an awesome week. 